Hello, hello. Welcome along to the Dead Dad Society. That was a very jovial start from me. Uh, hey guys, thanks for uh, thanks for coming along. Thanks for coming to the Dead Dad Society if this is your first time or if you have been before. Thanks for coming back. Uh, we have a wonderful episode for you today, a wonderful guest. But before we do that, I want to get into a previous episode, episode 21 with Leonie Kingdom. Thank you very much for all the love on that episode. Had a few people reaching out and, uh, and saying they really liked it. Even someone said that Leonie and I should do a podcast together. So, poor. Talk about chemistry, guys. And uh, happy to announce that Leonie's sister had a, a young, happy, healthy, beautiful boy as well. So that was pretty cool to know that uh, her sister was in labor while we were recording. That was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, enough of that. Thanks for uh, thanks for all the love on, on all the other episodes. And, and if you do like what we're doing here at the Dead Dad Society... If you do like what I'm doing here at the Dead Dad Society, rather, I keep saying that. We, it's just me. <laughs> There's no one else even here. But if you do like what I'm doing, please uh, shoot me an email at deaddadsociety at gmail.com or follow us on the socials at Dead Dad Society on Instagram and Facebook. Also follow me at Mitch Garling. Now, on to today's episode. Our guest today is uh, originally from Canada. Uh, he has been in Australia for quite some time now. He is a comedian, he's a director, he's an improviser, uh, he's a producer, but most of all, he was he was a bloody delight. Uh, Got to be honest with you, uh, when you, you organize podcasts sometimes and you're just not too sure how they'll go, you're like, I just don't know, uh, I don't know if we'll have a connection, I don't know what's uh, how it's going to go down, but this was easy. This was such an easy episode to do. We just flowed, we just chatted. Um, he has a show called I Can Top That uh, that is coming back very soon. You should check that out when it comes back. He's a, a wonderful comedian. We go into some great stuff about dads and like some brilliant stories about like how his dad went fishing with Johnny Carson, which is the artwork for this episode. So guys, please just enjoy this episode. It's really, it's just a bloody good one. That's all I can say. Uh, this episode, episode 22 with John Knowles. Started doing stand-up comedy when I was 18. Uh, I wasn't very good at it, but I enjoyed it. I don't think anybody is at yeah. 18, no matter what, no life experience. That's right, that's right. I used to play at a place called Ginger's, which mm -hmm. was where the longshoremen and taxi drivers drank, and it was about the toughest club you'll ever go to. Right, right. Uh, and where was that? That was in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Okay, yep, yep. And, and you know, they often threw things at you. Uh, but but it was in a in a fun way, you know. <laughs> they weren't trying to hurt you, but no. they, you know, they wanted you to know that they didn't like that last bit. It was uh, uh, <laughs> it was a positive reinforcement way. Yeah, of yeah. trying to to hurt you somehow. That's right. And I don't know that I was any you know worthy of of uh, not throwing anything at. <laughs> but uh, but I had a lot of fun. And so when I decided to become an actor, I, I got into acting university, and then I got thrown out of acting university. Uh, How do you get thrown out of acting university? Oh, look, they, 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 you know, the funny part is that I didn't get into into the uni without going and uh, pleading my case in front of the dean because I didn't have the right marks. Okay, yeah. But I thought, you know, if I can get an interview, I'll just do some acting in front of the dean. That's it. That's and it. it. And it worked a treat. That's I pulled what it off. <laughs> I got in, and they were like, "Yeah." And then I was doing stand up on the side, and I was running a little clothing store on the side. I think I was doing everything on the side. Everything and was no on the side. Real acting. 
uh, and they spotted that. Okay, okay. So they kicked me out. My my teacher, I don't know if you like um, Trailer Park Boys. I do, I okay. do. Okay, so Laney. Laney. The, the old drunk. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. That's your teacher? That's my teacher, John. Yeah, wow. yeah. And a brilliant guy. Did it? No, there was someone else from Trailer Park Boys that just passed away. I think it wasn't. Wasn't no, that's him? That was him. Yes. Oh wow! So he yeah, w- yeah. would have been what eighty, seventy years old, was he? Uh, he would have been in his seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he was my teacher in nineteen eighty three. Okay. All right. Um, okay. But and yeah, brilliant guy. Did he? So John was it? Yeah. What was his name? Sorry. John Dunsmore. John Dunsmore. John Dunsmore. What's uh? Was it Dunsworth? Dunsmore. Oh, now I've forgotten. Uh, <laughs> Didn't mean to put that on you. Cor- everyone will correct me. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, so how does the conversation go of being c- kicked out of... You know, it goes, like, it goes we don't think you... Well, it's I'll, I'll give you the second one. Because mm-hmm. I got into Ryerson, which is the NIDA of Canada. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then got kicked out of that one as well. A lot of a being lot of kicked out. A lot of getting kicked out. I love it. Um, they said, look, you know, we don't know if you're Ryerson material. No, first, <laughs> first they said, I went to my locker... And mm. there was a letter on the locker, uh, like an envelope, white envelope that had been taped to it with my name on it. And we all knew what that meant. When you opened up, it said, you are on probation. You have two months to become a much better actor. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's, that's such a 1983 way I of know. letting someone it was, know. It was the cruelest. And I was really working hard at that point to be a good actor. And I didn't cut it. You know, <laughs> the l- I, Is that the actual terminology as well? Like... <laughs> As in, like, pretty close. Open up a letter, and it's like yeah. you have this it much. It said you you are on probation. You have two months. <laughs> and and in brackets to be a better actor. To become a better actor. <laughs> I love that. I love so that. So I I didn't become a better actor, and so I I decided to uh, catch a uh, uh, a boat mm-hmm. around the world to get as far away from rejection. From that, yeah. Uh, and I I worked my way here on a container ship on a German container ship. When did you When did you get here? Eighty. Eighty-four. I've been here ever since. Yeah, yeah, pretty well. I went back for a year and then came back again. Yeah, right. And you've set up a few sort of shows around Sydney and doing all the festivals and and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I did theatre sports for a while. I played in bands and then I I got in with a couple of guys called God's Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. And that was a real treat. We for about four years we toured all the festivals and had a ball and then that sort of crumbled and. Well, went out on a high. <laughs> uh, w- what happened was we we were gonna we said okay we're done with each other we're kind of sick of being in each other's pockets and then we got offered a tour sponsored by Horizon Cigarettes. I remember them. My dad my dad used to smoke them. There that you was go. His, uh, that <laughs> was his Horizon Blues. Yeah, Horizon yeah, Blues. Exactly. Yep. So yep. we were we were uh, sponsored by Horizon Cigarettes. Wow. A guy that had seen our show. He said, "Look, uh, country and western music and religion." You guys cover the two things, I- like if that are, are that everyone is against, right? You know, like you know, like if I can sell cigarettes, I can sell you guys. <laughs> well, and, and so we. That's not exactly. A co- no, I know not it was a terrible, but they booster. paid us a big paycheck, and and you know who else was on the tour? Uh, Red Simons. Wow. Us yep. and uh, Melinda Schneider. Melinda Schneider. I know that name. Melinda Schneider. She she plays Doris Day in a lot of uh, things nowadays, but her mother is the queen of yodeling mary schneider mary schneider so she's got lots of you know golden guitarists and we met mary <laughs> schneider too because we had to go practice in her house yeah yeah, next yeah. To her golden guitar so where does that tour take you 
and takes you <laughs> around to all the the best venues in in Australia. So all the RSLs. And and oh, and no, no, the big or proper, ones, the proper. big ones. We oh played, boy. you know, the huge ones because uh, all the people that own a smoke mart are invited to watch our act. Right, 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 right. And the, and so uh, so you so, so we had a ball, and then and then that was our sort of swan song. We, oh, I think we went to New Zealand did a gig, and then. Was it New Zealand? Somewhere else. And, yeah. uh, and and then that sort of finished up. And then I started in a group called um, Cops on Heat mm-hmm. with uh, Rebecca De Unamuno. Love her. Um, who else was in it? Uh, Ross Daniels. Um, uh, David Callan. Sydney David Callan. Yep, yep. And Marie Fay. Okay. I love so Beck. Beck is yeah, genuinely... One of the greats. Um, so my da- essentially, my dad sponsored you guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Through, I'm sure there's some sort of connection between the amount okay. of Horizon smoked and the amount it of money put into Horizon. Yes. Well, you know, and uh, you know, my my parents smoked like chimneys, so I I know exactly where you're coming from with that. Try to get a little bit back. I love it. Let's yeah. uh, let's let's talk about dads then. Sure. Let's talk about dads. So we are we are part of. The society. Together. That's right. You we are, definitely are. You have uh, you have lost your your father. Uh, your mo- your mother still still with us? Or? Uh, no, my mother passed uh, just after my dad. Actually, oh very, really? very close in timing. Okay, well we can get we can get a little bit into that. But tell me tell me a little bit about growing up. Uh, tell me the John Knoll story growing up with with your father. What's the relationship there? All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad was a a tough guy. He was a he, he talked like a cowboy. This is how he <laughs> talked. Johnny, yeah. get in here. And he, uh, and he, and he was a cowboy. He, yeah. he ran away from home essentially at fourteen, from Montreal, went out west, and became a uh, a cowboy up in the in the, yeah, right. the Rockies. Yep. He became a pony guide, and then he became a you know a trail guide, and then you know people like Bing Crosby. He would take them over the mountains, stuff like that. You know, like yeah. he he tells some crazy stories. Um, but he was essentially a horseman. He yeah. loved horses. And if he could have done that forever, he would have. But he, uh, he, he ended up coming back to the city when he was like 25 or whatever it was. And after he'd been working in the rodeo and doing other things like that, he was a bronc rider. Uh, and he, he worked with his dad. And, and that, that was the beginning of the end <laughs> because his dad and he didn't get along. Right. Yep. And they started business after business that failed. Right. And each yep. one failed bigger. What uh, any examples of businesses? Uh, they they had a place called One Hour Martinizing, which is dry cleaning. And so Martin, martinizing. Martinizing. Okay. I don't know where the term came from. No, I've never but heard it. My dad was always a uh, a bit of a salesman and uh, and an entrepreneur type. So when he was at a, uh, a a dry cleaning conference and he heard about a machine called Silvomatic. Mm-hmm. Well, he was sold, so he convinced his father we had to buy some of these extremely expensive Silvomatic machines. Right, yep. And what they did, in essence, they were really good. They, they sort of, you, you hung your clothing in there, your good clothing, and they covered it in a, uh, like a film uh, s- that, was, that was imperceivable. Imperceptible? You couldn't see it. Yep. yep, yep, <laughs> and, yep. You, and, uh, and, and then you could, like, you could pour ink on your, on your, on your silk and it would just run off. Mm, it was okay. like a Scotch guard type. Right, thing. right, right. So they bought these two machines. Machines, and they yeah. Were gonna, they were going to kill it. 
uh, in Montreal. It's a big city. And, and they worked to a treat. My dad said, you know, I'd go in and I'd pour ink on my, my new, you know, camel hair coat. And people would say, how does that work? And they'd say, Silvomatic. <laughs> but the, the problem was that Silvomatic, you, you, you gave them your clothes on, say, a, you know, Thursday, because uh, you want them cleaned for the thing you're doing on Friday. Mm-hmm. Silvomatic left an odor that disappeared by the Sunday. But if you needed them for Friday, needed them or on Saturday a Friday, night. you smelled bad. Right. And they had not taken this into consideration. Yep. Okay. So you're losing a lot and of. They lost a ton of money, and no one bought it, and it got a bad review in the paper. Just the worst smelling people in Montreal. Yep. <laughs> and my and my father was also um, training racehorses, which his dad was was um, uh, buying. Mm. So they were doing that as well, and uh, the whole thing just you know they had they had a racehorse that was such a good racehorse called Soft Lady. And they had another one, Gino North, and they were both winning races. And then one of them fell, broke its leg, and it was worth literally millions. And his uh, dad's insurance papers were on his desk, unsigned. Oh. And his father freaked, and they, they, they didn't talk for the next few years. Fair enough. And what, what sort of time frame is that? Like, when is that time-wise, mm, roughly? That's, we're talking about 62. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So then don't talk again until, what, late 60s? Around then. Yeah, wow. I think that's wow, when, wow. My, when my grandfather, whose name was, get this, Noel <laughs> Knowles. Yep, yep. Took me a second there. I was Why like, would you name your kid the same name twice? <laughs> that's, yeah, see, that's crazy. My, uh, I've, got, I've got friends and their, their surname is Bot, like B-O-T. Bot. Bot. Yeah. And uh, they named their daughter Dorothy, which is not, you know, that crazy. However, like... Nickname for Dorothy is Dot. Dot Bot. So Dot Bot. Oh. And it's like, come on, what are you doing? To dot it? Bot. <laughs> come uh, on. <laughs> it's a bit slack. Yeah, that is a bit slack. Um, but yeah, so tough man. Tough man. Tough and man. he wanted a tough son and because he wanted me to be a cowboy. Um, long story short, his thing was, well, let's toughen him up. Yep. So, and I, I was, and still am, like a weedy little <laughs> thin guy. You can see, you know. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to say it, John. You know, I currently weigh 54 kilos. Yeah, which wow. is not a lot of weight for a 57-year-old yep. guy. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so picture me at age 14. I, you know, he, he, he's, he was a, a really good ice hockey player. Right, yep. And baseball player. So he wanted me to be good as well. And I was yep. terrible. Mm-hmm. I was terrible in a country where, you know, you practically... I mean, ice hockey is... That's it's it. God, right? That's it. Yeah, you, you come out of the womb wearing skates. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> which is that's dangerous. It is, but, but you know, you do your own is. cesarean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why I said that. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever said that. that is, it's brilliant. Someone okay. write that down. Um, but yeah, so so, so yeah, so uh, apart from being terrible, uh, uh, a quick story is I used to drop the stick a lot because I was weak, mm-hmm. and the other kids would like take my stick and play hockey with my stick yeah. because that was funny. And so one day we we're playing uh, in, in a quite a big game, and my dad was in the bleachers, and he's yelling, two hands on the stick, Johnny, stop dropping it!" <laughs> and then he came into the, the dressing room, uh, you know, after the first period, and in front of the team, he gaffer taped my hands oh my to God. the stick. Yep. Yep. And then he sent me back out on the ice like that. Right. Which I mean, logistically, that's still not going to work. You're gonna need to move those hands That's a fair right. bit. That's right. And you and if you gotta go to the bathroom, too bad. <laughs> uh, but the funny thing is when you're taped to the stick, 
you don't drop it, you actually play a little better. You do. So That's I was actually playing not too bad. And, and, and I had never scored a goal in my life, right? And because I didn't drop the stick, I was in the right place when someone passed it to me and I just sort of whacked at it and I scored my first goal ever. Amazing. And my dad went ballistic. He's like, although it does confirm the feeling the that what his actions exactly. were, were correct that's right because he ran around the whole rink right over to the to, <laughs> to the bench and he holds up my two hands and he goes johnny i'm so proud of the tape yeah that's it it's like the uh that's like the canadian equivalent of what's that uh edward 40 hands yeah, the, the, dr- right. the, yeah exactly the drinking like game yeah but yeah. you just start and you get your first goal like that's yeah. that's how you do it um so yeah you mentioned he was part of the uh, like you in the messages you sent me to part of the Calgary Stampede. Yeah, he was a bronc rider and a calf roper. And um, it's funny, I was I was watching, not watching, I was listening to a, a recording of my uncle John, who was kind of my sort of hero because mm-hmm. he was a musician and a and a performer. Yep, yep. Uh, but he was saying he, he was saying that he remembered when Chuck, his older brother by eight years, came back from out west with his lasso. And Uncle John was like, you know, maybe 12 at the time, mm-hmm. or 13. And he, he said, you know, show me how to use a lasso, Chuck. <laughs> and, and, and my dad goes, okay, pick something. He goes, yeah, the, the chimney. Okay, so he throws this lasso first go over the chimney, pulls it tight, pulls it really tight. <laughs> down oh, comes the chimney. Oh, man. Uh, they had to uh, rebuild the chimney, uh, the two sons. That's, yeah, that that's, where the, uh, was it? that's where the being the alpha like yeah. doesn't pay off. It's like, <laughs> that's right. I mean, you just pulled half the house yeah, down. That's like, right. That's yeah. the logistics. Noel was not money. impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. I mean, he was already pissed about his name, probably. That's right. That's right. After that, you're like, and I've got no chimney. I'm furious. Um, so what is the what is the Calgary tam- Stampede? Tell me. Uh, the Calgary yeah. Stampede is the biggest rodeo in the world. Oh, wow. And uh, if you can, if you do well there, then you're actually the, the hero and of, of roading, right. rodeoing. Yep. Uh, and there's been some, like, uh, my dad used to always, you know, he'd be on the phone. He was one of those dads. I don't know about yours. My dad would be, Johnny, yes, sir. Uh, how are you going? You got work? Um, uh, another Aussie just won the, uh, the, 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 the bronc riding, uh, actually yeah. the, the steer riding this time. His name was so-and-so and he's from, uh, you know, he's from just outside of Melbourne, apparently. Okay. I gotta go. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very matter of fact. But also, I'm quite surprised that he didn't like throw in the dad thing of like, do you know him? Like, oh, <laughs> he, well, he knows me. <laughs> he because you, I wish you knew him. But I <laughs> that's my I, a few years ago, I was doing the comedy store. Yeah, and I did a gig with uh, Louis Johnson. Do you know Louis Johnson? No, no. So okay, going back a little bit before that, my my parents went on a cruise. And there was a comedian on the cruise, as mm. there usually is. And my dad went up to him after the show and was like, he's an American guy. Went up to him after the show and was like, oh, you know, my son's a comedian. His name's Mitch from Sydney. Do you know him? And he was like, <laughs> no, no, I don't. I'm not from. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm from America. Like, there's not like some sort of club. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's not a hangout. We don't see each other in the break room and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's not like that, is it? No. Uh, you'd be lucky if you knew him. But, but, but then I gigged with him at the comedy store a few years later. No way. And I told and him you told the that story. story. And he was like, I remember that guy. Like, really? Like, that was my dad. And oh, like, that's excellent. Must have been just like a, like how strange just on the boat that this guy's like, do you know my son? I love that. And I was like, that's a one little thing. I was like, all right, that's when 
being a weird dad pays off. That's a well, cool story. My dad was weird dad that way as well because as much as he he didn't get what I did, mm. uh, when I moved to Toronto and I was doing comedy and doing uh, other stuff, he would show up right, uh, right. to the worst like you know slimy gigs in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and he'd sit in the front row with his beer in his suit mm-hmm. amongst you know. Back then, yep. it would have been you know punks and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you know every different type, types, different, different types. types. Uh, but he he wouldn't laugh at my jokes. He didn't ever found them funny. Yeah. But but he'd smile, and he and <laughs> he'd nod way. like there's that's my boy. Yep. You know. Yep. Um. So so that was quite nice. But yep. the other thing he used to do is because for a while we lived together uh, when I first got there, and he lived in like a a, a one room flat, mm. so there was no place for me. Yep. So I slept on the, he slept on the, on the pullout couch and the cushions that used to be on the pullout couch, that was my bed that on was your the floor bed. Yep, yep. for about six months. Yep. And, uh, and what he'd do is uh, he'd go to his favorite bar, which at the time was a place called Jingles. And it was where all the, uh, the actors and the, and the, you know, the, the, the people from CBC, you know, sure. would hang out. And so he'd call me from there and he'd say, Johnny. Get down here. I'm with Michael Sarazan. He wants to meet you. Who's that? Okay. I'm like, what, Michael Sarazan from Gumball Rally? Yeah, that guy. Get down here. And I'd have to pull on some clothes, yep. run down to the yep. bar, and pretend that I was just walking by and go, hey, hey Dad. Dad. What's going hey, on? Hey, how are you going? And then he'd go, oh, glad you're here, jo- Johnny. I've just been chatting with this guy. You yeah. know who he is? Are you sure? No, he is. Yeah. So many other actors I got to meet that way. So that's pretty good because that's that, the and dad's a perfect at it is that idea of there's no boundaries but sometimes the the lack of boundaries can pay off is a good thing where you're yeah. like i never would have spoken to that person um but you have that's right and now i have it in so great he was great that way um, my dad was famous for walking up to anyone that he thought was interesting putting out his hand he had this sp- very specific um, handshake that mm. he taught me, which was, you know, the, it was the, you know, it was the, it was the, he used to say, uh, first thing you do, put it out. So I got something to aim at, you know, <laughs> yeah. hold yeah. it steady. Yeah. And then double pump, not a single pump. Yeah. That means you don't care. Three pumps, you're pissing in his pocket. Yeah. Double pump. <laughs> if you really like him, slap the back of his hand with the other hand. And then, you know, if they're a friend, pull them close and really hit them hard on the back. Yeah. Um, but he said he used to just go Chuck Knowles, always. That was his name, Chuck. Yeah, he said, Chuck Knowles, and it's very official. Yeah, it it's sounds very official. It, doesn't it? Very official. It sounds, so he he told me the story of being in um, uh, where was he? Florida? Or maybe it was Haiti. It wasn't Haiti. It was, it was Florida. He mm. was in Florida, and he was at a bar, and he looked over and he sees Johnny Carson. Right, good, good person to see. And he walks over and he goes, Chuck Knowles, gives him the double <laughs> pump. Uh, and Johnny starts to have a chat with him, mm. and he asks Johnny Carson, well, "What are you doing? What are you up to?" Type thing, and he goes, "Well, I'm I'm laying low because they're they're my manager is is renegotiating my contract, and I got to be out of LA." Side out of mind, right? And he goes, "Well, you want to go do something and get out of here, and we'll disappear." It's my dad, <laughs> right? He goes, "Yeah, what do you got in mind?" He says, "How about three days deep sea fishing? They'll never find you." So off they go. They oh rent God. a boat and a driver and apparently a couple of Aruban beautiful girls. Uh, yep, yep. And they went out deep sea fishing. Amazing. He's never even met my dad. 
right? <laughs> but the confidence that he instilled I know. in that short interaction. I know, isn't that crazy? See, that sort of thing, like I, and that could just be the sign of the times now, but I feel like I could call my closest friend right now and be like, do you want to go deep sea fishing? And they'd probably tell me to get fucked. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's not, uh, not going to be a... Uh, I'm not going to be talking Johnny Carson into doing it. I know. It was, uh, it, the funny thing is, the fish that they caught, they only caught one fish, yep. the two of them, uh, is about that big, mm. right? And blue, bluefin tuna, which grow to be the size of, you know, a Volkswagen, yep. Yep. right? The smallest one that they've, you've ever seen. And it's okay, I got some people coming That's home. That's all right. That's fine. Uh, Carson says, look, it, since it's the only thing we caught, I'm going to pay to get it stuffed. <laughs> and yes. so they stuffed that fish. Yep. Uh, and the fish was on my wall. Right. Of our, of our ha- family home. Yep. All growing up. That's amazing. Do you think he told me the story? See, as, <laughs> as a comedian... Or like with a creative background, an acting background, improv, that is like, that is just absolute, uh, that's gold. That I'm trying gold. to be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> My dad withholds the fact that he knows Johnny Carson quite well. Yeah. Look. And that he's got a fish on his wall that Caught essentially together. says, uh, you know, great three days on the water, Chuck. Yeah. And that fish is in my bedroom, by the way. Oh, I can't wait. We'll yeah, have yeah. to definitely get a photo of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, enough of a connection that if he was ever to be in the same city, I'm sure he could somehow call and be like, hey, he it's would. Chuck. He would. Remember when we they, went fishing? had a ball. My son's a comedian now. <laughs> what do you reckon? Give him they, a shot. They went to Aruba. <laughs> they, they drove the thing to Aruba, the, the boat picked up some Aruba girls mm-hmm. and then started island hopping and dad said the b- one of the best thing was well apart from Johnny Carson being the funniest and foulmouthest guy he's ever met Amazing. apparently he said uh, he said we'd go into a town and he'd say well where's the where's the hot music action and mm. they'd say oh you know this club and Johnny would just go there and 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 say okay I'm going to play drums and he'd get on the kit with whoever was playing jazz. Yeah. And he was an amazing jazz drummer, which not that many people know. Yeah, right. And my dad would be like, he's better than the guy that was playing before. And, yeah. and, and Carson, would, and then we could tell a few jokes, and then yeah. that was it. And then he'd get off, and, and they'd go, let's go another bar. Yeah. Did you, do you have any musical background? I do. I, yeah. I, I, I play in bands as well. Oh, you do? Of course, you were just saying that. Yeah. So, again, he knows that Johnny Carson is this amazing musician. Mm-hmm. Obviously, an icon of comedy. That's right. And his son is a comedian, musical background. Yeah, yeah. Musical and I fish. And you fish. <laughs> and he's like, I could not no, think of anyone that mention would want to meet Johnny. Won't mention it. <laughs> what, does that, what does that say? What does that say to well, you? Well, or does it just say the dad ignorance? It says a lot about my dad. Does it? You know, that, that, that those things weren't important to him. Right. Like not 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 telling me. I think if I ever said, "Dad, do you know anyone in the comedy business that you could introduce me to?" You'd go, well, do you want to meet Carson? It'd be a throwaway. But no, <laughs> he's not going to volunteer it. Would that be him not wanting to brag either? Yeah, yeah. he never bragged. Yeah, he yeah. never uh, like he he he. he well, I remember when I'm telling me I was asking him about his Bronco riding. He said, "Yeah, you know, the first time." 
I, I was in the sta- stampede was a uh, what happened was I was working as a uh, up on the, the oil rigs way up north near the, the Arctic Circle mm-hmm. north of Alberta and uh, I was a pretty good bronc rider but I but the owner of the oil company was in a comp- was in a, a conversation with another guy from another oil company mm-hmm. uh, and he and and it came up you know do you want tickets to the to the Calgary Stampede and so the, the guy says you know I got a guy I got a rigger who's a champion yeah. and so my dad doesn't know this. He's up there in the middle of nowhere, right? Yep. yep. He's he, he, he's actually his, his job is is when he's not on the rigs is to you know protect from polar bears, <laughs> right? Right. So they get a call, and they say that the head of the co- the owner of the company mm-hmm. uh, has um, uh, entered you in the Calgary Stampede. Right. Um, we're sending up a, a helicopter to pick you up. Yeah. And dad's like, you know, what? <laughs> okay. So he, the helicopter shows up, picks up my dad from, you know, the northern circle mm. and takes him to the Calgary Stampede. Yep. Where they, you know, they go, okay, you know, you got two hours and then you, you're on, you know, dynamite or whatever, <laughs> yep. whatever horse whatever he was on. Stereotypical. And yeah. my dad said, uh, you can get two runs, you get two goes. Yep. And my dad said, he said, uh, felt terrible for for the uh, for the guy i wish i could remember his name anyway it doesn't matter the <laughs> owner i'll remember it in a minute uh, yeah. because i because i got bucked off right uh i didn't make the you know they got to be on for eight seconds yep. right, or seven yep. seconds whatever it is and he said i got bucked off and uh, and then and then the second time i nailed it and i and i stayed on and not only did i stay on but i came off at my own, you know, when they after they stay along, they yep. they let they let it buck them off and they land on their feet at their own leisure with their hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, "I did one of those," and uh, he said, "I was and and I could see the guy in the in the in the crowd because I knew where he was and he was beaming and he was laughing yeah. with his mate because yep. he'd won a bet. Yep, you know. Yep. Um. And when my dad was dying, because this is the name of the uh, as it the it podcast it was going to happen. Yeah, my dad uh, called me to his. Actually, he asked me to come to Canada because he was very ill mm-hmm. with cancer. Um, and he said, I got some stuff I want to give you. Mm. Um, and so I went into his bedroom. It was just him and me. And he was pretty, fr- not frail, but like you could see he w- he'd lost a no, lot of his, his energy. And his, yep. his like, you know, if it's not too much information, he, s- he said, look, I'm, I'm peeing a quart of blood every night <laughs> and then trying to drink it back in practically just to stay alive. I'm like. Whoa. That's too much. And I looked over, and there was a, a bottle that he was trying to hide, which is where he was yeah, right. peeing blood. Anyways, so he said, I've got this box of stuff mm. I want to give you. I was like, what is it? Great. And so he said, he said, see that? And he pulled out this little, like a, like a badge mm-hmm. that he put on him. And it said, Pony Club 217. Not Pony Club, not po- that sounds wrong. Pony Guide, Pony, Pony Guide, guide Two One Seven, Alberta. And what he said, you see that? You know what that is? That's my Pony Guide badge that I got for being the youngest ever person to learn all the trails of the Rocky Mountains and be given the the um, approval to take people up and over Banff and stuff, right. by yourself. 
right? Yeah. He said, not only was I youngest, I was the first non-local. Right. He said, I've carried that badge around my whole life. That's, yeah. that's, that's I'm huge. really proud of that. He goes, he goes, I want you to have that. And he goes, see that? I go, it's this piece of cloth he's holding up. And I turn around, it's got a number on it. Mm. That's my number that I was wearing the when the stampede? I got it's a stampede when yep. I didn't get bucked off. Right. That's my number. That's the one. And I said, you've been carrying around that whole time? He goes, yeah, yeah. I knew. I thought you'd want it, you know? So I wanted you to have it. That's cute. I'm like, cool. He goes, but I got one more thing. And he goes in the box and he pulls out this thing. He goes, mm-hmm. I go, what is it? And he goes, he goes, see that? My Viagra. <laughs> see that? There's eight tablets left. <laughs> and it says Charles Knowles. It doesn't even say Chuck your name's Charles Knowles. My, no one will ever know. <laughs> and he gives them to me, and he goes, I'm telling you, son, from a gelding back to a stallion in half an hour. It's always the horse. It's always the always horse. Always the horse. Always the horse. I love it. I still have those three things. <laughs> haven't, haven't Six needed. tablets now. But Six, yes, good, good. Yeah. Uh, how, no, I was <laughs> going to say, how, how are we going, stallion? Are we all right? Uh, that's wow, right. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Still, I know, I know it's, no I know it's podcast, but I thought I'd show you his photo because, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because I think it, I think it says a lot. I know you, you. That's him the day he arrived in in Calgary in Banff. Right. He's wow. on the horse. Right. He ran away from Montreal at that age. Fourteen. But yeah, that's wow. what he looks like now. Oh wow. If he was still here. Yes. 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 Uh, and I found this book, just because it's interesting, called People and 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 it's the the cowboys of. The cow uh, of Canada, like the most famous cowboys. Yeah, right? yeah. And that guy is that guy. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's Alpha. That's Ray Legace, one of the most famous cowboys. And then I looked in the back, and Chuck gets a mention. Oh boy. In, in the cowboys, uh, the famous cowboys of Canada. Anyway, it says you know uh, uh, Chuck Knowles and Tumbleweed. His horse? No, no, that's his best mate, a oh. guy named Bert, <laughs> who, who went as Tumbleweed. We're always there to help help with camp and look after the horses. Anyway, blah 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 blah. They had the job of taking the tourists over the mountain. Yeah, right. Uh, so I thought that was kind of. Cool. I like that. I like seeing. See, that's been one of the biggest things about doing the podcast is that I don't get. Uh, I haven't had many actual sort of photos or, oh, yeah. or a representation of people. So that's good, especially with. Your dad, he's got quite the, the journey. I love that. And he's and you can sell by that. Like that he never took that hat off, right? Even when he was old, right. he was always wearing a cowboy hat or some sort of and you can see, look, there's me in a show about ten years ago trying to be my dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't see it, but I'm wearing a yellow cowboy hat and a blue I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to emulate that emulate. look. Yeah, it's pretty spot on. Yeah. It's pretty spot on. I like it. Um so what you mentioned what illness you you briefly yeah yeah said. so he 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 got prostate cancer mm-hmm. uh and it was misdiagnosed unfortunately so they for years he he thought it was something else and then they finally said look we sh- i wish we got it diagnosed yeah. properly because now it's too late right yeah and he got steadily worse over say maybe three years mm-hmm. um what years are we talking here like how long ago was this? This is about ten years ago now. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, my sister, I said, because I was living here and he was living in um, outside of Toronto, um, in Canada. Uh, I said, my sister, you gotta, you know, 
keep me up to date of <laughs> like, you know, how's dad going? And if it gets, you know, if it's getting worse, I got to come and I want to do things with him while he can still Absolutely. do stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So she said, look, come now because he's, he's getting a bit more frail. And so I, I went over there and actually that was a really good trip. Yeah. Because he good. was still at the point where he could do stuff and, you know, he always wanted to take me to a ball game. So we did mm-hmm. that. And he had, we really had a great day. And then uh, he was getting worse, but I was staying for a while. I couldn't stay that long. I had to come back. But he said, uh, let's go to a musical. Because he knew I like to go and see yeah. musicals. And, play. Yeah. and he said, we can go and see some stand-up comedy. But yeah, let's go see something. Yeah. He's and seen plenty of stand-up yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, he, said, uh, he said, let's just go s- see whatever's on. And uh, it was like something that i would never choose what was mamma mia right right Right. you know not a great musical but not the musical that a cowboy dad and his son go to and it's it's also not the one that you want to be picking to be like this is my this is my world (laughs) do you know exactly dad come in and see what i do at least some sort of maybe hamilton yeah book of mormon anything anything like book of mormon he would have loved my dad would have killed at that yeah um he, he had a very good sense of humor. He couldn't tell a joke to save his life, <laughs> but he loved to laugh. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't, he, he never tried to be funny. Mm. If he tried to be funny, it was like he had, he tried to say a joke exactly how he'd seen someone <laughs> say it. Yep. And he'd get it just slightly wrong, yep. but not too wrong. Yeah. But so it was just not quite funny. Where they dad talk through it, where it's like, and, yeah. um, and uh, hang on, no, that's not. Yeah. Is that, you know, it was. Yep. And then. That's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm, while I was looking through my old stuff because you were coming, I found this letter somewhere. I don't know if it's here, but anyway, there's a letter where my dad says in the letter, um, I've spoken to your sister <laughs> and it looks like Johnny needs new jokes. Like what that means is I'm doing stand-up comedy now yep. uh, and my sister thinks it'll help. So he, she says, um, um, because I was doing a place called Yuck Yucks, which yep. was Toronto's yep. big place. Uh, he said, so we're going to go to Yuck Yucks. I went to it once, didn't enjoy it much. The jokes were not clever, just crude. Anyway, I'm going to cut some jokes out of the newspaper and send them to John. Maybe he can use them. Yep. So, yeah, just the most, the most dad... Is that not a perfect dad the perfect dad. to his father, to his son becoming a, a stand-up comedian and him not getting it at mm. all? See, my dad used to, my dad, like similar to yours, my dad would come. Yeah. And I, you know, I would hear some, hear some laughs, but afterwards it would be like, yeah, the, they like, they seem to like it. I didn't get it. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's fine. And it's like, but I still heard you laughing. Yes. And it's like, it's just that supportive, like, I want to be supportive thing. Um, and he came to some, he came to some early on stuff that was quite <laughs> average. And literally the last thing he came to see me in was when I did the, uh, comedy festival showcase. Oh, and he came to that big. and it was like 500 seater. He came to that. Wow. And that was the last show he saw. He died a couple months later. Oh, that's nice. And I was like, saw that. oh, that's nice. That's a, <laughs> that's a good, um, contrast to doing the Tukli RSL to 25 oh, wow. people or something. So, but, um, so the last gig my dad saw, well, there was two, but like uh, obviously there wasn't two. There would have been the last. <laughs> yeah. um, the last two gigs that my dad saw was I went to Canada. I was I was uh, doing a corporate gig, mm-hmm. uh, and 
the reason I took it because it was a paved my way to get over there, but also it was the weirdest gig. It was in the um, the stadium, the ice ice rink where the Toronto Maple Leafs play. Mm -hmm. So Maple Leaf Gardens, so although they might call something new now because they've they've updated it. Mm -hmm. But it's the the big rink, yep. right? Holds you know thirty thousand, whatever it is. Is that the same place you went and saw a game too? Yeah, same. Yep. So and and what was happening is the NHL All Stars. So the old players were having a game mm -hmm. that we would watch. Mm -hmm. And then all the IT um, tech companies could submit a person from their staff who played ice hockey to go and play with the old-time big league players. And yeah. that was the fun Summit. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they needed some entertainment in between the periods. Yeah. And that was me and my friend Pete. Yep, right. Uh, now, there's no stage at... There isn't. No. The ice no. is the stage. Yeah. So you're, sli you're sliding. <laughs> we're not even on there. <laughs> yeah. We're way up in the stands. <laughs> we're, no one knows we're there. Yeah. Right? Um, we, our faces come up on the Jumbotron, which is kind of cool. But there's also, there's not 30,000 people there. Mm. There's 2,000 people there. Yeah. You can't even see them. Yeah. Because they're all dotted around. Yeah. Half of them aren't even in the building because they're downstairs looking at the tech stuff, which is not in that part of the building. Sure. Yeah. And so, but my dad was so proud because I was doing comedy at the, at the thing. So I used to do a gag about being the, the, the wimpy son of uh, uh, a cowboy, yeah. right? And, yep. and it had a visual, which was, here's what my dad wanted. Mm -hmm. And I just found this photo of this like 12-year-old kid yeah. Yeah. just killing it yeah. on, on, a, on a bronco, a real photo. And and then I say, and here's what he got. Yeah. And I show me, and it's me on a Shetland pony, worried I might fall off. And I've got <laughs> a helmet on, not even a cowboy hat, because yeah. I just look like, yeah, yeah. got to get yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do that gig, I do that joke, and you know, it gets a, a okay laugh, I guess. Who would know? You're miles away from the people that are laughing. Yeah. And then as a as a thing for my dad, because he's in the audience, I said, I wish I could have been as cool as my dad, and I put up a photo i put up that photo yep on the jumbotron mm -hmm. which is that's, that's cool. pretty cool like yeah. that's the like you know, my dad loves sports so being up there where his heroes are you know that's got to be totally cool and i said that's my dad when he was 14 sitting on the horse uh and uh you know that's tumbleweed and that's ray the gaze anyway i'm just i'm gonna do this little bit about it mm -hmm. and a few gags and it goes over okay yeah and my and i finish it and I'm, I'm so proud that i did this thing for my dad and then after the gig He's like, he's like, why, why'd you put me up on the, on, on, on the jumbotron? I said, I said, dad, cause it, cause that's, that's, that's a nice, nice thing, you know, yeah. to, to be, he goes, there was no, there was no joke in there. You just, you just told a little story about me. It wasn't that funny. Oh, I said, no, it wasn't meant to be funny. It was meant to be kind of just a nice moment. He said, well, you were paid to get laughs, John. You're, this is a gig. They so paid you good money. <laughs> and you put me up there. I think that was indulgent. Ultimate dad move. Ultimate dad Ultimate move. Ultimate dad move is you're trying to, I don't want to say impress. I'm going to say yeah. impress. Yeah. You're trying to impress him. And you're endear trying to connect. yourself. That's right. Connect. <laughs> connect. And he, and he dads it. He dad. He absolutely dadded it. I, I was a dud. He was the dad. It was like, what are you doing? I, was, I wasn't crushed <laughs> because I kind of expected it. But I wasn't expecting it because I thought this time I think he'll just go. That was pretty cool, putting me up there. I, yeah. That's what I thought he'd say. Yeah. 
Uh, instead, he didn't say that. At least he was watching and wasn't, I don't know, distracted telling IT people to That's tape right. their hands to the <laughs> stick or something. <laughs> <laughs> like exactly. I got this, I got this uh, little trick. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let me at him, Johnny. Yeah. I got my gaff tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, I got this little, you guys, have, I've been watching you out there tonight, guys. And That's it's right. It's not going too good. Actually, let me let me go to the car. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm just going to bring in something. I think I can help. Uh, but I actually got my my own back two days later because while I was in Toronto, I decided to because he hadn't seen my my one man show. Mm. I thought I'll, I'll do my one man show for you and some of your friends. And so my my sister uh, said, well, she went through his little black book and went, well, let's get a few people there. Yep. And you know, maybe 30, 40 people of his close friends and associates showed up mm. now the show's not that flattering <laughs> towards, towards him yeah. right i mean there are bits that are make him out to be you know you know quite an entrepreneur type yep. but there are bits that you know just not the best they, hi- they highlight his uh, his bad dad skills yep. and I- a lot of his enterprises that went uh, belly up yep dad couldn't care less he loved it he sat in the front row yep and gave commentary I said, Dad, this is the fourth wall. I'm doing my show. He goes, Yeah, well, you're getting some of the facts wrong. I said, yep. you, he, I, I said, you said the two chicks were from Jamaica. They were from Aruba. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Sorry, Dad. Gotta his, have that. His friends were dying. Yeah. They just loved this. It turned into a, a little, a new act where I had, a, it was a double act. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a roast. Yes. Almost was, a, a roasty sort of... It was. A, you're the roast master of this always, you know, Donald Trump sitting there being roasted, exactly. whatever. Um, oh, man. Exactly. And even the poignant bits, because there were some poignant bits, he, 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 he just had a line that, that was sweet, but still stayed dad. Like, yeah. there's a bit where I, where I talk about, because he was never a hugger, right? He didn't like to hug people, and if he did... He did that thing I said where he smacked you on the yeah, back yeah. hard. It's still so he, it was a painful hug. It's still an alpha move. It is. Almost. Huge. Yeah, yeah, Huge. yeah. So I remember I was, uh, I guess I was 13 or 14, and it was my graduation. We used to have a graduation from grade nine. Mm-hmm. And in grade nine, you went to a dance, and you wore your first suit. Or at least I did anyway. So I, 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 Yeah. So I had my suit, and my, you know, uh, and my dad goes, uh, he goes, Johnny, I've got you something. I'm like, what? What? And he goes, look at this. And he pulls out a red bow tie, yeah. right? He goes, bow tie, right? I'm like, cool. You know, anything. You know, Dad's giving me the first gis- gift he's giving yeah. me. He goes, stand in front of the mirror. I'm going to show you how to tie it. And, he, and so my dad gets behind me, and he puts the tie on, and he gets his big, huge arms over my shoulders, and he starts tying the tie. Right? He's saying, okay, you do this. You don't want one of them clip-ons. That's for wimps. Right? You've got to learn to tie a proper tie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like, like James Bond. Okay, so, uh, so I'm learning and I'm watching in the, in the mirror and I'm watching his fingers. He's got great big hands. I'm trying to figure out. I don't want to get this wrong. And I look up at him and he's looking down and I realize this is the hug yeah. that he's never given me and he doesn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do one of these little snuggly kind of, like I kind of snuggle into, into him. Yep. Like, and I go, oh, I'm kind of enjoying this. And what do you, he goes, he goes, pay attention. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, my, my head snaps up. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I look and he goes, he goes, and he does the last little bit and he pulls it tight and he goes, there you go. Yeah, stop go, connecting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he kind of pushes me away. 
and and I look in and I and I'm looking in the mirror and he goes, "What do you think?" And I go, "That's fantastic, Dad. Mm. I love it. It looks really good." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, it does look good. <laughs> looks really good." And as he's as he's walking away, he says, "That'll hide that long neck of yours." Oh, always got to get the burn in. It was worth it. Did it's okay. It to get the hug <laughs> yeah, was worth the burn. Yeah, absolutely. Did it look good? Like It looked it, damn good. It looked good? And yeah. I wore a bow tie for about the next 10 years. Yeah, right. So I'm a bit eccentric anyway. but No, that's fine. Red red bow ties. Red. It was red and it had little um, uh, gold, tiny gold um, diamonds. And it worked with the suit? It worked magic. It was a, it was a dark blue suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, a, I think it was a creamy white shirt. And he nailed it. Did he help you with the suit as well? No, my mom took mom. But yeah. team effort. Team, team effort. effort. So he knew yeah. he, he knew fashion. He well I mean, look at that he, hat. he knew he the knew things fashion. he knew the things <laughs> that he knew. Yeah. He because he, he, he was he was um Matt, what's his name from uh MasterChef. Right. Cravat. The cravat. My dad wore yep. a cravat. If he didn't have his cowboy hat on, if it was a it was like this is not a hat deal. Yeah. It was, it was a cravat. statement. Statement cravat. It was one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I'm not wearing my hat, so I am wearing my cravat. Yeah. So how do I get attention? Yeah. But I don't have my hat yes. on. And his cravats were bright colors, like yellow, right? Or like that. But this is why I had a bit of fashion sense. That's my mom. That's I'm your mom. Yeah. John is now holding up a uh, actual modeling card of June Knowles, his June mother's Knowles. from Constant Brown Agency in New York, where my mum was a model when she met my dad. Wow. The left-hand side is uh, of that is very James Bond. Uh, sorry, the left-hand side, the other side. Uh, isn't it? Is very James Bond. Uh, Could she be a Bond girl or what? Absolutely. Oh, my Absolutely. God. She looks like a, a cross between pussy galore and... It's the hat. And the, yeah. It's the hat for me. And, and, the, and those flippy-up hair mm. you know they like the, the little wispy hair anyway so but that's yeah, June. W- the right hand side is is corporate though yeah. corporate bond that's right <laughs> <laughs> for those who cannot see it it's it's, it's one month. of those cards that shows that the, you know the, the full length and then a face and on the back she's got like the ultra close-up where you can just see her eyes you've got some beautiful visuals here <laughs> yeah that's right so I, I should be describing it a bit better but no, 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 suffice no. to say my mum was gorgeous yeah beautiful woman um, um yeah tell me so you you did say that she passed as well. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so about ten years ago, your your dad has the prostate cancer, mm-hmm. um, and it, as you said, misdiagnosed. Mis- That's right. Uh, obviously, probably spread a lot more than what it should have. Yeah. Um, so how how long is from diagnosis to passing? Uh, about two years. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he got worse. I went to see him. Uh, he probably had about eight months left and that was when we went to the ball games and stuff mm-hmm. and then I went back to Australia and then I got a call again saying you know I think you need to come yep, yep. and uh, and when I got there he was he was cantankerous and uh, but uh, but you know still uh, feisty mm-hmm. but weak yeah yeah um, and and not happy at losing his independence. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a supremely proud man mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, here's this is probably too much information, but very visual, mm. is that, y- you know, I had to wipe his bum. Yeah, I had to do the same. So my dad found that, you know, very challenging yeah. to let his son do that. Yeah. It was fine if the, the nurse did it. 
Yeah. But his son, you know, when she wasn't there, if I had to do it, he was, he could just he grit his grit his teeth mm. and and you know, just he thought he was losing his status and yeah. his, his you know, um, but we had a we had a live wake. Uh, so we invited a lot of his friends over to, 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 to have a chat and we played some music and that was really cool and like you know again we got it all right yeah e- all the people that he wanted there were cool and they and he told some stories and he did that and then this couple walked in that we got out of this black book and invited and you could just see my dad's face drop and it was someone from his Montreal childhood that that maybe th- he goes why'd you invite them yeah yeah like that's the two people i did not want to see me like this yeah yeah and they were supremely lovely yeah they were nice people who had driven from montreal to toronto a long way right for this moment to say their respects to chuck and he said i didn't want them to remember me like this yeah so were they uh was it like a an ex-girlfriend or a close no it was it was a like a, a business um associate that he had uh done things with had businesses and and uh, i think i don't know if it was in the racing industry or but mm. it was something something where he was he was revered yep and, you know in his that. little circle he was like and then now he's bedridden and yep. weak yep want to keep that image yeah uh, for that people that was very very important my dad i just my dad once took me out uh trail riding when i was about i don't know 35 30 mm. something like that and his his horse stumbled and my dad came off and he was so upset that i had seen him fall off a horse yeah yeah he he, he didn't he didn't say anything about it until later and he said and then he and while we were having a beer he, he said johnny i don't want you to tell anyone that i came off like don't make a joke out of that. So, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, the the status. The, the status, status is is so important. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was it was important that he maintained that Chuck Knowles cowboy myth more than the truth. Yep, yep. And and I got that, and I think that's why when when I told my show. There, I like the end of that show ends up with me. Um, the lights go out, uh, and suddenly his face comes up huge mm. on right behind me, and a uh, and there's a, a voiceover that he recorded as a tape to send me one time, and I found it, and I was like this is the end of my show. Mm. He just, I d- and, and it was like, it was like, Johnny, you never could ride, you know, cowboy. Your sister's tougher than you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Right? And then he says, but I got to tell you, you'll get up in front of a crowd and try and make them laugh and I reckon that's tougher than riding any bronc. Yeah. And I'd know. Yeah. So, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. Bye. Beautiful. So, do you still have that? Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. Do you listen to it a lot, or I haven't listened to it since I finished that run of the show, and I should. Yeah, you're right. Just to, for the voice, even. Yeah. Just to hear the voice. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're, you're so right. I, it, it meant so much to me because it, it, the scene right before that is 
is me shouting at him and saying, why couldn't you have been a better dad? Mm. Like, y- y- you, know, you screwed up here. You did that. You were never there. When you were there, were you just giving me, you know, you'd say, yeah, you win some, you lose some. Well, what? That's no advice. The most vanilla advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how, no, his best one was this. Um, he'd say, if I thought I did something well, he'd say, Johnny, you're not the best, but there's none better. Oh, wait a minute. There is a guy. <laughs> no, he died. I don't know where you are. You're somewhere in there. So looking for the laugh. What does that but even mean? Yeah. He hasn't <laughs> given you a compliment. A, no. He hasn't put you down. He said you're somewhere middling. Somewhere in the middle. I think someone died. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, when he got mad at us, he used to say, uh, he'd, say, he'd say, get this right or I'll rip your arm off and hit you over the head with the wet end. <laughs> I'll go, okay. Okay. Uh, That's visual. I'll, I'll probably do it then. Yeah. I'll yeah. probably get it right. Yeah. I'll probably focus. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, the last thing I have from i think i've spoken about this on the podcast before but the last thing i have is a voicemail that my uncle showed me of my dad calling my uncle to tell him that he has cancer oh wow um but it's like uh you know he just calls him his brother it's your brother bob here uh mate yeah not good news uh, blah 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 gotta start the chemo soon and then in the background you hear my mum say something and then he's like just give me a second <laughs> Hang on, I'm on the phone, just be quiet, just one second. And then you hear her say something again, he's like, Jesus Christ, just one second, I'm on the phone. And then he's like, all right, well, I'll talk to you later, give me a call. And that's the last thing I have on my dad. Oh. And I'm like, that's it's, perfect. It's that perfect. sums him up. It's perfectly. perfect yeah. because it's like, there's no, ma- there's absolutely no malice in what he's doing. No, um, it's just him to a T. He's all, and it's also, he's on a phone, which is they hate so phones. scary. They hate phones. So scary. And someone else is talking to him and he's going just got to focus on this one thing <laughs> this one ah. thing that's so important and it's not like he's calling his brother to be like hey, i'm going to be running late for that dinner no he's calling to be like i've got cancer i need to start yeah. chemo and my mum's going tell him about something something he's like just a second um and so that's the last wow. thing i have uh, my uncle showed it to me and i recorded it on the sly like i just recorded it played it out of his phone recorded it into my phone wow, he probably would have given it to me but also weirdly i was like I don't want him to know that I want it. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, so strange. I also had a weird thing that I was like, "What if he doesn't want me recording his voicemails?" I, I don't know, but it's I like, know, I know. Well, it's my dad. Yeah, but, but still, also, I, know, I know exactly what you're saying. So strange. When, um, when my dad uh, got super sick, it was weird because my my sister is uh, part of a uh, spiritual group mm-hmm. belief uh, called Adi Dom, which they believe that you your soul stays for a few days after the body yep. dies. Yep. And so you need to, to stay with the body and not bury it or not cremate it, and whatever. So when my dad was super close and I went over to see him, he was super frail. And um, and she's like, well, this is the process we're going to do. Are you mm. okay with it? And I said, well, yeah, you, you, you run it. Yeah. I'm okay if you want to run it. Yep. So that was, that was okay. But... I listened to your podcast and the, the, uh, and I really um, r- what resonated with me was when he was really really at the last your father sat bolt upright mm, yeah and so my dad didn't do that because he was he was laying out yeah right yeah and he wasn't able to do anything mm. right he was that frail yeah yeah and we were sort of waiting we're in the waiting stage right mm. and we were in the other room 
uh, my sister and her brother, uh, sorry, her husband and <laughs> other people, and we're playing Trivial Pursuit. Yep. So that dates it. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> and, uh, and suddenly, my dad walks into the kitchen. He hasn't walked Ages. in a month. Wow. And he walks into the kitchen, and he's got this ethereal look on his face. Mm. And uh, my dad always had kind of a, you know, he was like Cl- a Clint, Clint Eastwood, Eastwood look, right? Yeah, yeah. And a voice, right? Yeah. And, uh, and it took us by such surprise. It was like seeing a ghost, mm. but there he is, yep. right? And he's got this lovely look on his face. And he's looking at all his kids, one at a time. And then he sees the game, and and I'm and I'm holding the card, right? And I mm. go, Dad, oh, you can answer the question, and and it was some question that he would know. And he goes, sure, in a voice that's like so soft and nice that I didn't even like I didn't just didn't want the moment to end. It was yeah, so yeah. different. And I asked him the question from the card, and he gave an answer. And it was wrong. <laughs> and he would never get that wrong. Yeah. And he just smiled. And he looked at us again. And he went back to bed. Wow. And that was the last thing, essentially, he did. How long after that did he pass? About um, maybe 48 hours or something yeah. like that. That's crazy. Um, the cat cat was an outdoor cat and the cat laid down near his bed and when dad stopped breathing passed whatever you want to call it uh the cat wouldn't leave just stayed at the bed and we had to jump into action because it was super hot Mm. so we had to get ice packs under his body and get the room temperature down do all the things and prepare the body there's a lot to be done we're no experts, but we've got the booklet. <laughs> uh, and uh, and his brother arrived, and his and our cousin, and we sang sort of, you know, his brother's a musician, and we sang all these songs to him and to his body, and mm. because my sister was saying he's still here, he's yeah. in the room, you can still talk to him, he can still yeah. hear you. So yeah. we said all the things we needed to say and wanted to say and hadn't said yet and you know did all the things that take away you know all the earthly things that he shouldn't see because they believe it'll make him want to stay sure so make it easier for him to go to the light and all that and we you know every day for a couple of days we went in there and we had vigils and we you know did all the things and then one day we were having breakfast and uh, we hadn't been in there for a while and suddenly the cat who hadn't left that room for four days except to go out pee and go back mm. just went I'm out of here nothing to see here just left went outside and left and when we went in I swear different room felt different that was he was gone that's crazy. there was a body there but yep. dad wasn't there uh, we called the 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 morgue and said you can collect them now yeah it was like it's like that cat just went eh, yeah all right you guys take it from here yeah and it was palpable it was wow it, it felt like you could feel the difference and and 
the sadness was gone. Like there wasn't, you know what I mean? We'd already done everything mm. to, 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 not even to grieve, but to celebrate him. And now he thought he was leaving, but the Chuck wasn't leaving. He was already gone. So yeah. we didn't, we didn't get that sad at seeing the body go. See, I wish I, I wish I had a bit more time like that mm. in the sense of, so my dad died at about, so the time that we noticed that he wasn't breathing mm. was about 10, 20 in the morning. Right. In the morning. And, you know, whether or not how long he hadn't been breathing, but it was just like, we noticed after a little while. Right. We had our moments. We cried. We sat with him for mm. a while. Um, you know, they did the official time of death, all that yeah, sort of stuff. That, yeah. I made some calls. Um, like my brother was literally late because he lived in Canberra. He was leaving. And I called him and I was like, oh, he's gone. Like he didn't, he was literally getting going to the car. Um, and I feel like we were gone by like maybe one o'clock. Like it's not enough, is it? And it, it was such a strange, like we were leaving. <laughs> Actually, it's really, st- I've been trying to write a bit about this. It's so morbid, but I also don't care. Good, um, good. I went downstairs, uh, we went downstairs to get some lunch. We went to the hospital cafeteria. And when we were there, we ran into one of my like one of my closest friends, his dad. So like right. someone I grew up with, like right. he's, yep. you know, yep. he was my soccer coach, all that sort of stuff. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'm. S- oh, how are you guys doing? You're right, Bob. I'm still here visiting my mother. Yeah, Cam said that Bob, like my dad, Cam said Bob was sick. How's he going? We're like, oh, he died an hour ago, and he, this he just went, ah, all right." Um, and we were like, yeah, he's taking a turn. <laughs> like, I just made a joke. I was like, yeah, he's taking a turn. Probably the probably the biggest turn he could have taken, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this, oh and, my but God. this guy was just like, oh, that's... Uh, and, like, I feel so bad for that guy because, like, obviously no intent. You no, know, just but actually trying to be nice. How's, how's he doing? Yeah. Um, and I'm just a psychopath yeah. who makes you, you humor, humor everywhere. Well, but when, 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 when my mum died... Again, we were going to have the same process. Mm. And my sister flew out from Canada. But when she flew out um, to do it while she was here, and my mum got really sick, went into hospital, and it looked like it's, you know, it's going to be a day or two, whatever. Mm. Um, my sister's daughter in Canada got hit by a car. Oh, my God. And it wasn't life-threatening, but it was pretty bad. Serious, and my yeah. sister said, i got to be back with my daughter. Mm. i got to go. Mm. I say, yeah, you go. And she, uh, so then my sister Wendy hands me the pamphlet, the the, the booklet. (laughs) Yeah. Looks like you're in charge. Yeah. So I had to do that whole process for my mum without my sister there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I mean, I was the guy, yeah, I'll I'll support you, but I hadn't done it. So there's no cat, there's no cat here to help you. No. So when you're talking about black humor, like that was the funny thing because I was with my brother and he's he's a larrikin, but he's also he's good in a pressure situation because he doesn't nothing phases him. Mm. And so we go off, we take the booklet, and we go off to the hardware store <laughs> to get stuff. Yeah, right. And it says in the booklet you're going to need, you know, two pairs of rubber gloves. You're going to need uh, uh, cotton balls, uh, packing tape, uh, and thirty freezer bricks. Right. Mm-hmm. So we get all this stuff and we take it up to the to the um, the clerk, and the clerk's packing it in, going, "Having a party, are you?" And I, 
<laughs> and Glenn says, Glenn says, no, our mother died and we have to put her on ice. <laughs> and he goes, oh, my God. He goes, uh, do you want a bag? And I go, no, she comes in one. Yeah. <laughs> and my brother loses it. And we're like, yeah. oh, my God, we should not be laughing at this. But you have to laugh. You have to. Like, have to. it didn't take away any of the love and, and no. devotion and seriousness of the time. It's like you got to find ways of getting it through it. Mum would want that. That's it. And, like, based on what you said about your dad as well, like, he, he certainly enjoyed humor. He enjoyed, oh, yeah. a, enjoyed a good story. He enjoyed a good, you know, a good laugh. Yeah. And he was supremely so proud of me. I mean, he wasn't, like, he was not a pull-my-finger <laughs> type of dad like yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah. But he, he just... He, he, you know, he, he said something to me once when he was getting quite ill and it means a lot to me. It doesn't mean anything to anyone else, but he said, he said, you know, Johnny, your whole life, you've done what you wanted to do, mm. you know, but, and this is not to, you know, malign my, my siblings, but he said, you've never asked me for any money. He said, you know, I've, I've helped sister buy a ranch help your brother with his musical equipment and mm -hmm. you know other stuff you've never asked me for a penny he said i'm really proud of that yeah you know you you, you found a way to work off you know survive with your own wits yep and he said i'd like to pay for your next show that's nice he said so whatever you need you know, you need you want a sound guy, you want a, a good publicity campaign. Mm -hmm. I'm buying it, and he did. I went to Melbourne, and he he so he, he bankrolled a show that I was pretty proud of, and that he would love to see. Yeah. He never got to see it, but he 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 uh, he would love that show. It's good to have a bankroll behind Melbourne. Too. Oh my God! <laughs> you know, not to be in front of the Melbourne Town Hall with your own flyer. You know, horrible, yeah. horrible to be. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not jealous of uh, everyone starting that process any no, day now. Not at all. It scares me, um, especially COVID times. Yeah. Uh, but I was, that's funny. I, in terms of like having a laugh using the humour, um, I've started doing a joke on stage, and it literally is. It stems from a conversation I had with my dad. Yeah, great. When we were planning his funeral, he was like, "I don't want to go to this funeral home." Um, because there's not enough parking. <laughs> and I remember being like, well, <laughs> one, it's the most dad answer you've ever said. It's the best. And I'm like, and number two, the good thing about your funeral is you don't need to worry about the parking. And I was like, I literally said to him, I was like, I'm pretty sure they just drive the hearse right up to the door. And it like, <laughs> and it got like, he like. That's excellent. I thought you were going to say, you don't have to worry about the parking. How many are you expecting, dad? Like, <laughs> and that's, but that's what it is. He goes, and then uh, there's a part two to it. This car park has 80 or 70 or yeah. whatever. Everybody else will have to park on the street. I was like, all right, well, big ups. <laughs> <laughs> big, big ups on yourself. How oh, many people you think great. are coming? That's great. Um, but to, in his in his defense, the streets were utilized. There Good. Was definitely, and there was well, definitely they should people. be. Yeah, um, well, my dad, when he when he left his, his little uh, metal box of things we should look yep, in yep. Uh, after he died, it said... It, it, he had a note, which is sort of his final farewell, which I still have and I just love. It says, uh, it says, dear kids, uh, all good things come to an end. 
I want you to know I loved you all very much. And that goes for your mother, too. <laughs> because they had divorced by then. Yeah, right. And then at the bottom it said, use my visa card to pay for the funeral. They can't chase me for the money where I'm going. Amazing. And he did. That's he paid for his funeral on his credit card. And then so they cool. sent us a letter asking for the money. We said, he's dead. Sorry. <laughs> and he knew we'd do that. That's it was the so best. Fun. My dad. Uh, so I can't remember what's the timeline. The timeline is Sunday. Sunday, my wife and I go to visit. And when we get there, he's like, it's a, a story I told on the podcast, but when mm-hmm. we get there, he's like, uh, can you call an ambulance? And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, mum, like mum's been here all day. Like, what, he goes, I didn't want her to call. You call for me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that same Sunday, he goes into the hospital. He's in there until Friday when he passes on the Friday. On the Monday, on the Monday, he gave me his credit card out of his wallet and was like, do whatever you want. Oh, <laughs> excellent. And then, like, I didn't go crazy. And like, I just obviously didn't go crazy. No, we didn't go crazy either. But it's like, because it still goes back to we mom. We went for the budgeting stuff. We're like, like, my sister's like, well, let's not, you know, let's not go too. I'm like, we got the car. She yeah. goes, yeah, but you know. Like let's go nuts. Let's go semi-nuts. Yeah, semi-nuts. yeah, semi-nuts. But that's what it was like, um, and it, this is just classic my mum, is that when the statement came out the month after he died, she was like, who got pizza in? And who did this? <laughs> and who went here? And I was like, oh, dad gave me his card, just told me to just treat, my, treat myself. Yeah, yeah. She's like, right. <laughs> I was like, kind of forgot about the fact that you'd probably be paying for it. Oh, well, <laughs> like, we, d- we didn't have that problem. That my dad connection. was like, that was his own card. But that was also him being like, just go and do like a yeah. final, go and That's do nice. what you want. Thanks, dad. <laughs> That's it. Love it. Um, we've been going for about, what was it, hour, hour 10. Hour 10. Does not feel like an hour 10. No. Um, it's nice. It's good. I like it. I like it. Um, a couple of a couple more memories here, but I want to touch on one mm-hmm. before we wrap up. Yeah, sure. So it says the armed holdup at the Harold Park Comedy Hotel. Right. Please. So, are you familiar with the Absolutely. Comedy Hotel? Right. Yep. Yep. So the Harold Park for those those listeners who aren't familiar with it was the the icon of comedy mm. for thirty years, roughly, um, and every comic. That's worth their salt. Played there in the 80s and 90s and a bit of the 2000s before it closed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a show there for two years on Fridays and Saturday nights called in Prozac, which was... Uh, Great a ho- Great <laughs> Thank you. It was an improvised hospital drama uh, <laughs> with um, Steve Walsh, James O'Loughlin... Um, Julia Zamiro, oh, amazing. Um, Penny Cooper, oh, like just like great, great, great comics, yep. great talent. You know, um, Nigel Sutton. You know, you name it, they were I all know in that it. name. Um, he's Melbourne based now, but mm. brilliant, brilliant comic. Um, anyway, so we it was a it was a really good show. Uh, the The premise was that that there were we were watching a a, a, um, a soap opera hospital soap opera but i was sitting in the audience mm. in a big armchair with a with an oversized remote and i could stop it and just ask the audience what they would rather happen and we'd we just brilliant the audience would choose your own adventure and then the, the actors would just without 
flinching. Wow. Go wherever they said to go. I feel like that would do very well as a TV oh, show. Oh, it's such a oh good premise. Lord. It would do a great. <laughs> it should good. be made into TV. That's so I'm good. telling you. That's so good. And uh, yeah, and it just and it w- it was just filled the place night after night. Everyone loved it. Um, so when the Herald Park was closing, we uh, we knew the date, and uh, the final stand-up show was the Saturday night. And he s- and I asked um, Simon Morgan, who owned the hotel, can we do the final night mm. being the Sunday? You know, and we'll we'll I'll get every cast member that's ever been in, in Prozac, and there yep. was lots, yep. and we'll just do cameo just after cameo, yep. and just yep. have a ball. And it was so fun. Everyone showed up, and it was packed, and and it was a great show. Yep. And so everyone eventually left the bar, you know, at really late, and there was no one left in the building. Except uh, my fiance, Ronell, me, uh, another couple who, uh, uh, who were in, in Prozac, uh, Adam Jalin and his partner, mm-hmm. and the um, manager of the hotel. Yep. Which, um, uh, so she, she was saying, okay, let's clear it up, let's get out of here. And um, they are all in the having the last drink in the bistro. And I went into the theater, which is off to the to the left and I because I wanted to steal a couple of memories so yeah. I took yeah. you know a God's Cowboys poster uh, uh, which is my old group off mm-hmm. the wall mm-hmm. that, it, that I was proud of and an Prozac poster and I took a photo of me like a selfie yep. of me last guy last comedian on you know um, yep. on, on the Harold Park stage I was so you know so into myself at that <laughs> time you know wanker it's um, good it's good to it's it's the memories. Yeah, the memories. so I've got this goofy photo of me like, hey, last yeah. guy ever to perform on the stage. Um, and then I walked out of the, the that room, and uh, if people know it, you walk out of the theater and then you turn left into the bistro. And as I turned into the bistro, there was uh, a guy there mm. uh, with a balaclava on. He said, he said, uh, get down on the floor. Well, I just assumed it was one of my comic friends. <laughs> Right, just one last uh, yeah, yeah, one like last it, it scene. Of course it is because, like you know, it's uh, and so I said something dumb, like, oh yeah, I was like, yeah. like you know, I d- yeah. not a witty remark, just yeah. a something. But when I looked down out of the corner of my eye, I saw my fiance Ronell lying face down on the floor, and the other couple, and the manager, they're all on the floor, yep. lying down. Yep. Um, and so then he said get on the floor or I blow your head off I think he used some expletives yep um, and then it got weird <laughs> because of course I went down on the floor absolutely yep but for some reason I lied face up okay why was I don't I, know was I worried I was going to miss something you, you know I feel like if you're face down if something is going to happen, you're not going to see it coming. I don't know. Am I just that kind of guy who, like, there might be some material? I don't that's know. And that's the next is there point. A story that I'm going to miss? I don't know. But because I was face up, yep. the guy with the sawn off shotgun <laughs> started playing my face with his shotgun. Oh my God. Right. And, and, he, and he said uh, a line which scared me, which was, Are you going to be good or do I have to put you in the cage? So. Exactly. Just that look on your face. Huh? What? what? Cage? He knew that I knew what the cage was. The cage is an area downstairs where they keep the safe that's that's fenced in with, yep. with thick 
fencing wire. Mm-hmm. It's called the cage only by people who work there or are very familiar with downstairs where have Simon wor- Morgan yeah. pays the bills. Have worked there. Or have worked there. Yeah. So he's looked at me and he goes, in my head, he's gone, oh, I know you. You're here all the time. You work here. You know where the cage is. Yep. He hasn't thought this, but he's just said it. Yep. And I'm like, you recognize me. Mm-hmm. That's scary. I probably know you. Yes. Yep. You've got a balaclava on, mm. but I may even know your voice. Yep. Yep. I say, I'll be good. Mm. He pulls the gun out from my face, takes the manager downstairs, empties the safe, yep. comes back up and says, none of you move for 10 minutes. You won't know whether I'm still here and I'll shoot you if you move. Wow. Right? So we're like not moving. But then this girlfriend of this other guy goes, oh, he's probably gone by now. And we're like, don't move. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, even if he's gone, why risk it? Yeah. It's 10 Do you minutes. need to be somewhere? It's 10 minutes. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, looking she, at the watch. I mean, in hindsight, she was probably in shock or something, yeah, and she yeah. just wanted to get out of there. Yeah, of course. But like we were like, you're not moving anywhere. Um, and so yeah, so so that um, so none of us got hurt per se, but uh, my wife and I, without knowing it, just went into like full full PS. What is it? PTSD. Yeah, PTSD. Yep. Um, to the point where we just it, it kind of wrecked our marriage yeah right um and we almost broke up yeah wow uh, it was pretty full on um did they ever find out who did they it? never did and they pulled what? another one a week later in leichhardt really yeah really yeah it was uh it was f- yeah it was bad but you don't know when you have ptsd like you you think everything's cool mm. but i went about four months after that happened i went down to do my solo show in melbourne mm. and i'm doing it, it was called uh, John Knowles' Saddle Sore, and it was the one that was about my dad. Yep, yep. And I'm, I'm out after my show, and we go for drinks, and then, uh, you know, two in the morning, I, I'm going home to my whatever apartment or whatever it is that I've rented. And I'm walking along, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, everything's cool. Da-da. I'm walking, walking, walking. And then I go, John, you're walking down the highway but you're walking on the double lines. Mm. Why are you doing that instead of walking on the sidewalk? Mm. And I've been like for about a half a mile, I've been doing that. And I said to myself, well, because someone could jump out of an alley if I'm on the sidewalk, this is safer. Yeah. And cars were whipping by. Mm -hmm. And I just went, I need to get some counseling. It is. It's a strange. I remember uh, uh, when I was, Oh, probably freshly 18, I think. And at the bottom of my street, there's a like a bit of a bush land area. Mm-hmm. Coming home from being out with my friends one night, it's all blocked off with cops and everything. And I was like, it's really scary. Yeah. I like, wonder what the deal is there. Anyway, I get out of the car, get dropped off by my friends, go to walk up to like the police line thing, and they're like, can't come through here. And I was like, I should live up there. Like, I live up that street. Like, I need to. And they're like, all right, um, okay, come with us, no worries, blah, blah, blah. Uh, as they're walking up, one of the guys goes, just head up, uh, like, as in keep your head up, keep your eyes up, and just look at your house. 
And I was like, okay. Oh my God. And he's like, don't look, down. Don't look at the ground. Um, and I was like, well, that was fucking dumb. Like, of you course I'm going to look. You can't say, don't think about don't a penguin. Oh, I've got a penguin now. <laughs> There's one up there. Yeah. Um, it's that, it's that, uh, that old game that's like, um, I lost. You ever play that? No. Where, so you, I've gone on another tangent here. That's right. But you, if you lose the game, you think about it. So you could just be living and then you go, oh, I remember that game. And then you go, oh, I just lost it. So we used to play it all the time with our friends. Right. And we'd just be in school and we'd be like, lost the game. Because you think about it. As soon as you think about the game, you've lost. You've lost. That's a great game. So it'd be months and months and months and like no one to say anything. And then someone would be at a party and they'd be like, lost the game. And, and everyone like, oh, knew. Shit. And once he says it, you don't lose because and two hours it's later, the next time. Two hours later, you're like, remember when so-and-so lost the game? Oh, lost the game. Oh, lost the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's this constant. Oh, I want to play that game. It's a That's bit, uh, it's a bit uh, mental warfare yeah, <laughs> sort yeah. of thing. But um, so, yeah, sorry, I'm come up to the uh, the bit where you're line. not going to look down. Not going to look down. And then as I'm walking up, I look, obviously look down, and there's a tarp and sheet, and there's a man with his head quite obviously caved in, um. and all that sort of stuff. Um, later found out it was uh, a bunch of kids. He was walking to his work at a warehouse which was kind of near my house yeah 13 15 and 17 jumped out and beat him with a letterbox that they had pulled what? out of the ground and it was just like it was all random in, yeah yeah no no connection nothing um so what the? literally every night i walked home from anywhere up the middle of the road yeah around the corner up the middle oh, of the road, wow. just past that bushland oh no, man i could walk anywhere else i wouldn't care less but this little bit of bushland well, of course the, the the long way the oh loop. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, so that was that was the scary thing of living on the central coast. It wow, was, it was a good time. Good time. Wow, that's that's full on. That's, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but the PTSD, it's subtle. It is, but it's it'll a little. Ya. It'll get you. Yeah. But I love, I love that when push came to shove with your, the Harold Park stuff, is that you didn't block them. You st- like, do you know what I mean? You mm. thought it was, you thought it could have been one of your friends. Yeah. And you didn't block, you still, was it yes and? You still yeah, it was yes and. and. You're That's like, right. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I think I said something. Like, I, I, it's not clear what I said, but in my mind, I said something like, like, uh, uh, like, uh, ooh, um, sexy or something, like <laughs> something about the actual thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you remember. Do you, oh, my wife's just walked in the room, but she's, She's in full she's thought. In the, we'll she's leave her the, out. She's in the in the zone. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I think we might wrap up. We might. Wrap Why not? Up. I've had a I've had a brilliant chat with oh, you, John. It's been the best. Yeah, it's been great. It's been I really great. It. What? Uh, yeah. Tell me a little. Tell me some things to plug. Where can um, people find? Have you got any? Have you got any shows coming up? Are you st- uh, you're still doing. You can top that. I can top that. Is I can. It's going to start soon again. It's at the Peterson Bowling uh, Club, but unfortunately, they're not open on weekdays yet. But mm-hmm. they will be shortly, Lovely. and then my show will come back. Of which you were invited to I please am, be a I guest. Am, I am. Uh, what else am I doing? Well, the the knowlesbyheart.com um, if you want to go there, if you want to, uh, you know, get any tips on being a better communicator. How to sell yourself. How to sell yourself. Yep. And uh, that's about it, really. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, mate, I really appreciate having a chat with you. Yeah. It's been great. It's been deep. What about, the, what about the dad on TV? Oh, my God. You, you, are a be, you are a better DDS listener than I am. Oh, my Lord. 
I'm the worst. I had forgotten. That's, that's, right. that's the, We were in the zone. We yeah, were in the well zone there. It. I'd completely it. forgotten. I'll edit that out and I'll, I'll sound flawless. Don't worry about it. Um, the famous TV dad. The uh, famous TV dad. So f- yeah, you, from, you explain it. From our interaction, from our conversation, from any kind of knowledge that you have of me, what TV dad, famous TV dad, movie dad, do you think would be a suitable replacement for my dad? I I I had a good thing about this because I I, I love Leave It to Beaver, so I know mm-hmm. if you lo- mm-hmm. love Leave It to Beaver, one of the best TV dads. Yep. But then you know, you can't go buy Al Bundy. That's very true. And That's very true. So I I thought about those two, mm-hmm. and and I and I was thinking you know you know you you, you don't want to go anywhere near Cosby these days, but you know <laughs> no. as a co- as a TV dad he was great, mm-hmm. uh, but. I, and I thought, actually, George Jetson. Oh, in the end, yep. Because yep. he because he had a great sense of humor. He was he was uh, fallible, but but such a such a such a um, uh, encouraging dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I just I just like this forward thinking. Right? I love it. I love it so much. Mm. I do like uh, with the the Al Bundy. I do like Al Bundy for the other side of it with. Ed O'Neill, like yes. the actor, that he transitioned from being this, you know, this grunt of a man into Modern Family, the best. where it is, you know, a very sort of uh, re- time relevant show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To have those two contrasts, if you could actually marry like those the, two, the two, those two dads, his mm-hmm. dad in the second show and his dad yep. in the first, you'd have the perfect dad. It's perfect. It's perfect. So let's go with that one. Actually, I love. It. I do love George Jetson though as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that. Second question, uh, based on again our interactions, uh, what's what advice would you give me if you were my replacement dad? What advice would you give me to lead a happy, full life? Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a tougher one, but um, I'll, I'll be a bit serious here. Mm-hmm. I'll say that the the advice that my dad gave me when he gave me good advice was great advice. Mm-hmm. And they were always little quips. Uh, like I used to have one when I cried, which I didn't like, but I get now, which was cowboys don't cry, they get dirt in their eye. <laughs> which was yeah. like, you know, you don't so you can hide you, it. You, you don't you, you hide it but you but you but you do cry. Yep. Yep. And the other thing he said is is um uh, he used to say every day kick off the manure from yesterday's boots. Mm-hmm. I love to that. Start a new day. I love that. It's very, it's, a, uh, it's very cowboy. Yeah. But I get it. Every day is a new opportunity. And he woke up every morning and put his suit on mm-hmm. and walked out into the world, thinking, "Today's going to be great." Yeah, that's it. And doesn't matter what shit has happened before. Yeah. That's yes. The boots manure. are clean. The boots are clean. I love that. I love all of it. I love this chat. Yeah. This has been brilliant, John. Thank you very much. I'm going to wrap up properly this My time. My pleasure. Thank you. It's very been much. really great. And uh, yeah, I never know how to wrap up. But Uh, thank you, John. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Amazing.